Hey, welcome to the show. This is Paul Nichols, the investor coach, pulling back the curtain on the financial services industry and exposing the truth about money and investing. Hey, welcome to our podcast. It's been a while since I've been on here. I apologize for that. Busy, busy, busy. I want to do a market update and just talk about some uh, timely topics, some things that are going on. Uh, I know uh, this will be my my first podcast for the year. Can you believe that? We're in almost September. Uh, and what a crazy year it's been. You know, we've had some really good years in the market of late. Um, and the market always does have what they call a two-thirds bias. Two out of every three years is up. One out of every three years is down. Um, and what we've seen in the last uh, four or five, just to kind of bring you up to speed, if you're not really uh, one that looks at this all the time, 14, 2014, when you can look at a global based portfolio. That would be a, a, a asset classes that are defined into a total portfolio, understanding the concept of diversification. Think umbrellas, suntan lotion. You know, you want to own them both because you never know when it's going to rain or the sun's going to shine in that simple example. But when we look at 14 and look at the global marketplace, 14 was just slightly up when you looked at U.S. versus international and how it all played out. When we went to 2015, we had a situation where uh, we had a negative year. It wasn't huge negative, but at the end of the year, you're slightly down just a hair, depending on whether your portfolio was maybe more aggressive or less aggressive or more conservative. Uh, then 16, 16 uh, started out slow, but was a rocking year, did very, very well. Uh, double digit for most portfolios, the more conservatives, high digit, uh, single digit performance, uh, net of fees. Went into 17, 17 was even better than 16, uh, dramatically better, uh, really good year. And of course, uh, going into 2018, it started out a little rocky, and it stayed rocky. It, it's gone up and down. There's been a number of reasons for that. I don't believe that there's any social, political, or economic climate that should drive the market uh, and the volatility that we normally see billions of shares uh, of trading, uh, millions of shares of trading on a regular basis, billions and billions of dollars. But, but people do believe, unfortunately, and, and more and more people have been indoctrinated to believe that that stock picking, timing the market, and, and, and looking at track records is the way to invest. They really believe that there is a social, political, or economic bearing on long-term investing. And I would submit to you uh, that there's not, although it feels logically very much like that. Uh, and it is true that in the short term, you know, there'll be a news about a tariff or news about an earnings from a company or this or that uh, that would drive some investor sentiment, primarily uh, large institutional investors, to dump a stock or whatever, and, you, and you'll see some of that volatility. But from a long-term perspective, the social, political, economic climate has no bearing on really prudent investing. Why? Because the three rules of investing are relatively simple. Own equities, diversify, rebalance. Now, that is easy said. It's often easier said than, you know, than, than done. But the reality is there's no theoretical or there's no empirical proof that, that anything but those three rules applied consistently uh, would be the closest thing to being able to come up with some some consistent long-term appreciation in the market overall. Uh, and you got to realize that what what makes up wealth, I was at a dinner table last night uh, with a couple uh, gentlemen and we were having a conversation and one of them had mentioned uh, we're probably due for a market correction. 
Well, I, I don't believe there's anything such, there's, there's no such thing as a correction. There's reallocation of funds. If the social, political, economic climate of money managers out there believe that interest rates are going up because the Fed's gradually ratcheting up interest rates, which means bonds, which are directly related to interest rates, might be a more beneficial investment. So they move it out of equities, which is stock, and move it over um, to bonds. And it looks like a market correction because stocks are going down. No, it's a reallocation of funds. So what am I saying as, as I'm kind of getting into rant mode here that the market overall uh, has been uh, advantageous the last several years. It always has been from a long-term perspective. And how, do you, how does an individual take advantage of that? Own equities, stocks, diversify around the world and rebalance. Now, again, easier said than done. But the reality is, with all that in mind, the only thing one needs to understand is if they do have money that is invested, which they should long term, all you would have to do is take a quick glance at different respective index or indice that represent different parts of the marketplace. For those of you that may be more novice in this area, the S&P 500, that would be 500 predominantly U.S. large stocks. Uh, when you look at that on the news or you hear about the S&P being up or whatever, the reason the news uses that is because it's 500 rather large U.S. companies. They mention the Dow Jones, and often you hear that in news reports. That's made up of 30 large or really mega, if you want to think about it, mega large companies. It's important that that, that would be considered U.S. large if you were thinking of kind of a pie-shaped portfolio design. U.S. large companies would be just one little piece of pie. You should have, you know, 20-plus pieces of pie in there. With that in mind, we do a market update, which I'm going to do right here directly, and talk about the different indices or index around the world, U.S. and internationally, where they are year-to-date to give you an idea of the real, um, what's the word I'm looking for, the, the complexion, the overall complexion of the market uh, as a whole into August. Because it's a little confusing uh, for the average uh, radio or news follower uh, uh, out there when they hear all the volatility of the market uh, moving in through most of the year, and then they hear about record, the last couple of weeks, record market uh, uh, numbers. So it, it, it can be confusing to the average listener uh, and someone who doesn't do finance for their vocation to go, wait a minute, I'm all confused. I thought the market wasn't doing well. Now it's doing well. I thought there was a correction. There's not a correction. It, it's crazy. Um, uh, in fact, I think we put on our Facebook uh, page a graph uh, that uh, were quotes in the last few years of uh, very notable, respected economists and financial people um, and how wrong they are. It just goes to show uh, how many people are pursuing uh, strategies. And these are very well-educated people in the know uh, of stock picking, market timing, and track record investing. And there's never been an, uh, a shred of evidence that supports a consistent uh, return uh, as it relates to the market, utilizing those strategies. We would look at those as more speculating and gambling because uh, everything is figured into the price of uh, a stock other than any new news that's not knowable. Um, and so stock picking and market timing and track record investing have no empirical uh, proof, although theoretically, when you think about uh, the idea of getting a deal on a stock because you anticipate 
where they might be going and stuff, that's that's gambling. You might as well go to the racetrack. It doesn't mean that uh, uh, you, you can't hit once in a while. But it's it's like the old saying, no one loses in Vegas, right? You know, you have some buddies that go to Vegas and, and uh, some friends or uh, some gals that go to Vegas and they, you know, they come all come back as winners. Well, you know, uh, it's, it's hard to go uh, say, yeah, I went to went somewhere and I lost. You know, everybody comes back uh, uh, a winner. But anyway, market update, August 29th, 18. That would be August 29th, 18. S&P 500 year to date, almost 9%. U.S. Large is doing very well this year, 9% up. Russell 1000, this would measure large cap value companies, not growth companies like the S&P 500, but value companies. The difference um, would be basically um, the difference between a Walmart and uh, Sears. A Walmart would be considered a growth company. Uh, Sears would be considered a value company. Uh, if you were investing in Walmart and investing in Sears, and I asked you, which would you expect the higher return? Most of you would say Walmart. Well, the reality would be you would expect the higher return in Sears because it's what academics would refer to as an unexcellent company. We should expect a higher rate of return in a company that's not doing as well as a Walmart. Walmart's a pretty solid company. They get the best deals when they negotiate in business environments and banks and so on. Well, where, where Sears, it takes more capital uh, to get a return there because they don't get quite as good a deal. So um, it's commensurate to uh, um, the amount of risk you're taking. It's a quantifiable risk. We know value companies have a higher rate of return than growth companies. Back to you the market update. Man, I am all over it today. You're going to need to listen to this a couple times. There's a bunch of nuggets in here. Uh, Russell 2000 measures small cap. Small cap's doing really, really well. I think it's a winner, winner, chicken dinner for the year. 13.8%, uh, almost 14% in U.S. small and micro companies this year. Uh, that would be growth. Value, it's almost 10. So U.S. large, a 9. U.S. large value, 4.4. Russell 2000 small micro almost 14 and the value small uh, part of the US almost 10 so we're doing really well here uh, heading into double digit in a couple areas in the US now internationally it's a different angle and different animal I should say uh, we use the Morgan Stanley Capital International Index and when we look at the world index uh, that would be a uh, a weighted index designed to measure the equity performance of developed markets. There's about 24 developed countries, about 21 uh, emerging market countries. Out of 206 countries in the world, roughly, uh, there's only about 40, 40, almost 50 companies that one can invest in because they have rules, stock markets, uh, rights, and so on and so forth. Uh, these would be the developed countries, and they're 4% up for the year, a little over 4% when we look at the Belgiums, Denmarks, Finland, France, Germany. Germany, Greece, Hong Kong, Ireland, New Zealand, Norway, to name several, United Kingdom, Switzerland, Sweden, etc. When we go into the emerging markets, that's going to have been the loser this year. And what's interesting about that is emerging markets was almost 35, 30 to 40 percent respectively last year. It was the best performing asset class by far. And what a difference a day makes, as the old song goes. Um, but emerging markets is down about three and a quarter percent. So um, when you look at the uh, Europe, Australia, Far East um, index, 
you would be looking at a negative 3.25%. When we get into the emerging markets, it's much, it's much a uh, little bit more than that. That is, when you get into the value emerging areas, uh, Europe, Australia, the Far East, you're negative 6. You get into the small cap, negative almost 3. And then emerging would be negative almost 8. So the developed would be um, 3 to 6% respectively down, and emerging markets is down about 8%. So uh, as a whole, the year would be in a well-diversified portfolio. Net of fees, you should be in the in the black, a point to uh, right in that neighborhood. Uh, when you look at it totally across the board, uh, prudent, uh, passive, understanding uh, own equities, diversify, rebalance, and only rebalancing uh, uh, that's triggered uh, very, very uh, specifically, one wouldn't want to mess with it. So when we look at the market as a whole, what am I saying to you in a synopsis form? You should be a point or two up in a well-diversified portfolio. Uh, if you own a bunch of U.S., it's going to be much, your portfolio Your portfolio is up quite a bit more than that. That tells me, and it should tell you that you have a heavy weighting of U.S. You might want to rebalance into equities while they're on sale. Uh, but you would want to do that uh, with some help and uh, potentially some guidance uh, uh, as an investor coach, that's what we would, would encourage people to do. But, of course, that depends on your situation as a whole as well. Notice the disclaimer. Barrel of oil, 6.69, almost 70 bucks barrel of oil. I never understood this, folks. Uh, several years ago, barrel of oil was 100 bucks. We're paying 250 a gallon. Now it's 70 bucks, and we're paying $3 a gallon. Go figure that one out. Ounce of gold, 1204.20. I hope a bunch of you didn't buy into all that fear and doom and gloom the last decade after 08 and uh, – uh, and William Devane and some of these people that get on TV telling you how great gold is. And gold is a wonderful thing to own and have, but it's just a hedge against inflation. If you ended up right now 1200 where it's been floating for quite a while, if you were one of those folks that unfortunately got in to gold when it was 14, 15, 16, 1800 bucks an ounce, uh, I submit to you that historically speaking, it's probably going to take you quite a while to get back, uh, get your money back. If you were one of those that got in it, you know, back, you know, it was hovering around 400, 500 bucks before all the credit debacle happened and got in earlier. Hopefully you got out by now. Uh, again, see, stock picking or market timing, track record investing, buying gold and oil and commodities, academics, um, we're talking about Nobel laureates in finance and economics would tell you that that would be speculation. That if you had a well diversified portfolio, you're already going to own gold. You're going to have mining companies and timber companies and all different types of commodities in there. So uh, as it relates to the market update and an overall brief education of Investing 101, there you go. You're welcome to that. It's uh, not much opinion, a lot of fact in there. Uh, let's talk a little bit about opinion as it relates to what's going on besides the mar market correction point that I'd made earlier. Uh, economically, I've been asked by several people how we see the market and how we see things moving forward. Uh, and I got to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I can't recall. I'm 50, 54 years old. I, I don't know that I've ever seen a better time uh, in our economy uh, and more excitement uh, in the business arenas uh, amongst many people that I deal with in the business communities. Um, amongst just the average worker, they got more money in their paycheck. Now, if you want to get into social issues and have those kind of conversations, uh, then it goes into a lot of different areas, and it's very heavy and opinionated, as we all know. So many of us are so sensitive to even have conversations uh, in certain areas. Uh, it's almost taboo, and uh, you, you just don't talk anymore. It's awful that we're so pensive about it. But the reality, as it looks 
uh, from a financial advisor's perspective, uh, the economy is doing very well. Uh, there's not an indicator that would lead a prudent, reasonable person to believe uh, that it's not going to continue to go well. Uh, as more trade deals seem to be uh, getting worked out, the market seems to be getting boosts from those. Uh, I think all, all, all the uh, short-term volatility is nothing more than noise. We know that underlying um, pillars of our uh, economic base at this point are pretty doggone strong, and it's based on the reality that you and I get up and go to work every day. It's based on not the government, but the, but the credit worthiness of the people that make up the government. That's you and I. If it wasn't for us getting up and going to work every day and doing what we do to provide for our families um, and to make our lives better, our country wouldn't be as strong as it is. Uh, and this is why uh, just uh, uh, Paul's opinion, I'm going to qualify this, as it relates to a lot of this trade stuff going on. Uh, They've got no choice, ladies and gentlemen. Don't listen to all this academic babble uh, and this intellectual, um, institutionalized way of thinking. Common sense is very simple. There's, we are the power in the world by far economically. None of the countries even come close to this. They all need us. They will need us, and they will, they will acquiesce. They will acquiesce. They will conform, if you will. Uh, to the economic realities that, that are going to be brought to the table. Uh, I remember asking a gentleman, uh, a confidant, a very successful man over 30 years ago, almost 30 years ago, it was a marriage relationship related question about the difference between my wife and I and how we view things. Um, and I, I, I was lamenting about making a concession that I didn't want to make, but I had made um, for the betterment of the, of the whole. And uh, it was a minor thing upon hindsight, but back then it seemed to be a big deal. And he had reminded me that that's just the acquiescence of marriage. And I think when you look at the reality of, of where we are uh, economically, uh, I, I'm saying this to people with vigor, but I, I'm a little old school. I'm going to qualify myself here, my way of thinking. I think as a patriot, we, 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 being, if you're born in America, you've already won the lottery. Uh, and, and for those of you, um, these would be the people that would need to hear this that wouldn't be listening to this. Again, this is Paul's opinion. If you can't get a job right now, you're a bum. It's that simple. I mean, I'm thinking of my grandfather in the back of my head. You can't work right now, you're a bum, you know? And the reality is, it may not be the job you want, but folks, I can't believe what's going on in the corporate environment. We were just talking about an article this morning where corporations are lowering uh, their standards for the education level that people come in. We need workers. So it's a wonderful time to be America. It's a wonderful time to be investing. I hope you are taking advantage of the continued growth that we're going to see. The value is certainly there. Uh, all the earnings and the different aspects of what's going on. Um, and we're talking from a reality perspective, uh, uh, not an, uh, a hope perspective. Uh, because we see the data and, and, and read it on a regular basis. So with all that being said, hey, Paul Nichols, investor coach. I'm the president of Financial Abundance, a registered investment advisory firm located in Happy Valley, that's State College, Pennsylvania. 